Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WPHD, WPHD, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. Uh, Coming on a few minutes early today because we have a new Speaker of the House. He's just been elected, and he spoke, and got to tell you, really liked a lot of what Speaker Mike Johnson had to say. He invoked a lot about conservatism and faith, and he invoked Reagan, and he said we got to deal with debt, and it is our greatest national security crisis, our our debt. Excuse me. Welcome to the show. Glad you're here today. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. At any minute now, the speaker will come out and he's going to speak on the steps of the Capitol and take some questions. We will take it live for you. This will be your first chance to hear directly from him and uh, what he has to say. But I'll tell you, I watched it. I listened to his speech, his entire speech, and I thought, yeah, bravo, uh, bravo. He said that he's going to form a special committee as priority number one to deal with our national debt and to deal with the, the the escalating problem that we have, which is the greatest threat, which is our fiscal irresponsibility, the spending and our debt. And he made the point that during the time he was speaking, our the interest on our debt just went up by $20 million. So great, good. And he also said, we are going to decentralize the power of this place, meaning Congress. He is uh, also a guy who invoked God several times and he invoked conservative principles. In fact, he outlined his seven conservative principles, seven conservative principles that he that he outlined, which I think are also fantastic uh, that he said all those things. So great. Uh, good. And I'm glad that they, they moved on this. I think it helped that last night Donald Trump came out and he said that he backed him fully and said he was a great guy. And we should definitely absolutely go forward with this and have him be elected Speaker of the House of Representatives. So there you go. Uh, and some other breaking news for you. The judge just fined Trump $10,000 for violating the gag order. So Trump just got another fine for, for speaking things that the judge doesn't like him saying and using his First Amendment rights. So the former president of the United States fined $10,000 for violating a gag order. Uh, I'll get into details with that with you as well. It's going to be a busy, busy afternoon. No question about it. And, and already Speaker Johnson is being called an election denier, mega MAGA. A mega MAGA election denier. Mega MAGA. So, you know, if the corporate media is already trashing the guy as a mega MAGA election denier, then we're probably off to a good start. 
And of course, as uh, I've pointed out before, as you've pointed out before, perfectly fine for Democrats to be election deniers. In fact, Hakeem Jeffries, who runs the Democrats in the House of Representatives, um, he he questioned the legitimacy of President Trump's election. And he put out there and said, it's time to have an investigation into whether or not we have an illegitimately elected president of the United States. Excuse me. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, this is uh, it's fine. Like I said, Democrats are walking free on the streets today. Democrat election deniers are walking free on American streets everywhere you turn. Hillary Clinton, Jimmy Carter, Hakeem Jeffries, and on and on the list goes. Jamie Raskin. I mean, I could I could spend all day on this. In fact, somewhere there's a video of I think it's 18 minutes long of Democrats denying the 2016 election of Donald Trump. And I could play it for you, but I don't want you to have a car accident as you're driving. So be careful. I wouldn't do that to you. But you know this. I don't have to prove this to you. You know this already. You fundamentally know this, which is which is great. And the other thing, too, that I appreciate very, very much about the uh, coverage of the new speaker, Mike uh, Johnson, is that his dad was a fire chief and he he wasn't looking to become president of the United States one day. He, he, he wasn't striving to become speaker of the House. He actually wanted to be a firefighter himself. His 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 dream was to be a firefighter and to become a fire chief. And he wound up going to law school and grad school and he succeeded in business and He's there today. Young guy. And from what I can gather, he's he's a guy who's going to fight. So we'll we'll get ready. He's walking out now from the uh, speaker's office, the steps there on the Capitol, and he's about to come to the microphone. So we'll just cue this up any second now, Henry, and we'll get ready to hear what the speaker has to say. Uh, but from his speech today, I, I, I was I was like, yeah, bravo. I mean, yes, great. Great stuff you're talking about here. He also said the first bill he wants to introduce is a bill to aid our dearest friend Israel. And it's not a bill that's going to include funding. He didn't say this, but my sense is it's not going to include funding for Ukraine. It's not going to include funding for for uh, for Gaza. It's going to just deal with Israel, which is the way these things should be. They should be straight up or down votes. And uh, here we go. Let's take a listen to the new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson of Louisiana. On behalf of the House Republican Conference, we are unified and so proud to have elected Mike Johnson as Speaker of the People's House. As many of you heard and the American people heard, I meant every word that I said on the House floor. I've had the opportunity to work with Mike Johnson as vice chair, and I was so humbled and honored to nominate him. Mike epitomizes servant leadership. He is humble, but he is strong. He is well-respected not only across this conference, but across this great nation. And we know the stakes. We know that we were sent here on behalf of the American people to serve as their voice, to stand up for them, to push back on the failed far left agenda of single party Democrat rule led by Joe Biden. So we are here unified in strength to reopen the people's house. And I'm so excited to turn it over to my colleague, Tom Emmer from Minnesota. Brings out Tom Emmer, who's... uh, Speaker race was derailed by Thank yours you, truly, by the way. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. Thank you for bearing with us. I know it's been a long few weeks. 
from an outside point of view, these last few weeks probably look like total chaos, confusion, no end in sight. But from my perspective, this is one of the greatest experiences in recent history of in the recent history of our republic. While speakers races for the last 100 years have been conducted behind closed doors, filled with political promises and tyrannical threats against anyone who would not fall in line. The speakers races under our House Republic majority have been open, honest, transparent, and a true display of what democracy looks like in action. It took a while for us to get here, but our conference has shown that we achieved tremendous success when we worked together as a team. And I couldn't be more proud to be part of this team with our new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, leading the way. Mike is a strong man of faith, a constitutional conservative, and a fierce fighter for a Republican common sense agenda. He has been a leading force on the Judiciary Committee, where he has defended Americans' individual liberties while fighting back against the Democrats' radical agenda and the Biden family's culture of corruption. He has been an important leader in our conference for nearly three years as vice chairman. And as speaker, I know Mike will keep our majority united as we continue to deliver on the commitments we've made to our constituents. We've had some challenging times around here these last few weeks, but our country has endured challenging times before. And I have zero doubt that we will again. Not only will we survive, we're going to come out stronger and better because of it. And the American people can rest, be rest assured that with Speaker Mike Johnson at the helm, our House Republican majority will keep fighting to unapologetic, unapologetically stand with Israel, rein in Washington's reckless, reckless spending, secure our border, and force the Biden White House and Schumer Senate along with us as we govern. If, if these last few weeks have proven anything, it's that we will never stop fighting. We will never give up. And I firmly believe that with House Republicans now united and ready to get back to work, as our new speaker-elect said, our best days lie ahead. And with that, I'm going to introduce the other legend from Louisiana, our majority leader, Steve Scalise. Thank you, Whip. Well, this is a great day. This is a day that's been coming for a long time. You know, if you think about what's happened these last three weeks, while a lot of people outside of Washington talk about dysfunction, this great group of men and women behind me have been talking about how to fix what's broken in Washington. And hasn't that discussion been coming for way too long? That's what this last three weeks has been about. That's what we have been struggling through. That's what we've been working towards. And we resolved it today by electing Mike Johnson as our next speaker. And what Mike laid out was a vision. It wasn't just core principles that he talked about today on the House floor so eloquently, but a vision for how we get not just the House back operating, but how we get Washington working better, how we fix this broken institution, and how symbolic. Mike talked in, in the House chamber about the symbolism of the House chamber, Moses, in God we trust, right above the Speaker's rostrum. So many other symbols, Washington, Lafayette, the history of some of the great battles, passing the 13th Amendment in that chamber. But if you look up at this Capitol Dome that serves as a beacon to so many, not just here in America, but all around the world, 
Interestingly, the last three weeks, the Statue of Freedom was covered in scaffolding. Just like we have been doing construction to fix this broken institution, how symbolic that the scaffolding is now coming down as we elected a new speaker to fix this institution that's had problems for decades that needed to be addressed and went ignored for way too long. I have seen this man in action since I was a state representative. For those people that don't know Mike Johnson, maybe they're looking to Google, maybe they're looking to other places. But those of us who have known Mike Johnson for a long time, and I've known him maybe longer than most, I've seen a commitment, a self-service commitment to things bigger than himself. Going back to my days in the State House and when he came to Congress, those same principles followed him. His belief, his faith that drives him so deeply that some actually mock him for. Those are the principles that make this country so great. Those are the principles that cause people who believe in freedom all around the world to look up at that Statue of Freedom as a beacon of hope for all around the world. And what Mike Johnson is gonna do for, for us and our country, getting us back on track. We are just getting started, but people are gonna come to know and love what he represents because he fights for things bigger than himself and people who have been ignored for way too long. It is my great privilege to introduce the 45th Speaker of the House, my dear friend, Mike Johnson, the Speaker. Thank you, Stephen, and thank you, uh, Tom and Elise. This is an extraordinary team that has been assembled here to serve the American people. Steve Scalise represents so much in our home state of Louisiana. Uh, one of the things he, he truly represents is perseverance and hope. And as he was talking here just a moment ago, I was reminded of the scripture that says suffering produces perseverance, perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. What we need in this country is more hope. The, the, the people have lost their faith in our institutions. The, 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 their faith is at an all-time low. And, and one of the reasons they've lost it is because the Congress, over the years, has not delivered for the American people well enough. We're in the majority right now. We've gone through a little bit of suffering. We've gone through a little bit of character building. And you know what it's produced? More strength, more perseverance, and a lot of hope. And that's what we're about to deliver to the American people. Yeah. We are going to speak, we're going to speak with clarity and conviction and consistency to the American people. We're going to tell them what we're for, what agenda we are pursuing, and why it is best for every American. Why it will give them more liberty, opportunity, and security. We're going to speak to that clearly. We're going to act consistently, and we're going to exhibit two things here, trust and teamwork. And this group will deliver for the American people. I said it in the chamber, and I will say it here. We're going to govern well. And I think the people are going to be very pleased with those results. We're so grateful, I'm so grateful and so humbled to have gotten a unanimous vote on the floor by all of my colleagues here. Um, we went through a lot to get here, uh, but, but we are ready to govern. And that will begin right away. You've all heard me talk a lot today, and I'm not going to belabor the point because the sun is bright and it's too warm for the fall. <laughs> but I'll say this. We're going to dispense with all the usual ceremonies and celebrations that traditionally follow a new speakership because we have no time for either one. The American people's business is too urgent in this moment. The hour is late. The crisis is great. 
in America, we hear you. And we are reporting again, as I said in there, to our duty stations. That will begin in just a few moments. This entire group is going to go back to the House floor, and we are going to pass our resolution in support of the nation of Israel, our closest ally in the Middle East. You're going to see an aggressive schedule in the days and weeks ahead. You're going to see Congress working as hard as it's ever worked, and we are going to deliver for the American people. I'm grateful for this opportunity. I want to thank you for being patient with us, and I promise you it'll be worth it. God bless you. God bless you. All right, that's the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, saying we'll deliver for the American people and promising to deliver on conservative principles and... And we're also looking to uh, find out exactly who's going to be part of his debt uh, elimination or debt reduction committee, because he pointed out that our national debt is our greatest national security threat that is facing our country. He's exactly right about that. He's not afraid to invoke God. And uh, yes, you know, he's uh, seems to me to be a very, very conservative guy. So I'm glad to hear that. And, and of course, we have the, the press already tearing him apart, which is good. In fact, here is uh, the question that the president of the United States, Joe Biden, just received a short time ago regarding the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, as the president was doing his uh, press conference with the prime minister of Australia. Take a listen. After 22 days, House Republicans just elected Mike Johnson of Louisiana as the Speaker of the House. Johnson advocated conspiracy theories about voting machines and a rigged election in 2020. He encouraged his colleagues to join a lawsuit to invalidate the results of four states. So if you win re-election in 2024, are you worried that a Speaker Johnson would again attempt to overturn the election? No. Why not? Because he can't. Look. Just like I was not worried that the last guy would be able to overturn the election. They had about 60 lawsuits and all the way to the Supreme Court, and every time they lost. I understand the Constitution. After 22 days. Thank you. That's how the media describes him, that he's an election denier, and he is a guy who was trying to undo the results of the election and blah, blah, blah. So, there, you know, it's an old saying in life. You judge a person by the character of the enemies that they keep very often in life. You know, you can judge people by their friends, but you can also judge people by the people that hate you. And uh, I think that if the media hates Mike Johnson, then we're off to a good start right now. That's good. Uh, in other news today, the president of the United States, the former president of the United States, I got to say that so Jimmy Matthews doesn't have a heart attack, was just fined $10,000. Uh, Once again, a gag order violation over his latest uh, comments, his free speech comments. I don't see the ACLU rushing to President Trump's defense, Um, but nevertheless, believe it or not, they they are. They are. I didn't see I didn't expect this, but they are. I should say I didn't expect the ACLU to be rushing to his defense, but they are. The American Civil Liberties Union argued that the gag order on former President Donald Trump in his federal election interference case violates the United States Constitution. The ACLU, a frequent and vocal critic of Trump, said the restrictions placed on his speech run afoul of the First Amendment. The order bars Trump from making public statements about special counsel Jack Smith, the defense counsel, members of the court or any of their staffers. So today, the American Civil Liberties Union officially came out and said the following, quote, in a press release. And this is, you know, and look, I, I will I will say to you. 
that the ACLU is is nuts on most things. You, you go right to their website and this is what the, the first of all, they talk about abortion care, trans people's rights. All these things are at stake and they ask you to give them money. You got, you got to pass through that. Then you go to the to the press relief press release. The American Civil Liberties Union today submitted a motion for uh, an amicus brief arguing that an overly broad gag order imposed on Donald J. Trump in an ongoing election interference case violates the First Amendment. Among the key arguments within this amicus brief include the following. Number one, the gag order is too vague in its ban on targeting the prosecutor, potential witnesses, and the substance of their testimony because it could be read to encompass mere identification of people or issues whether or not such targeting is threatening or causes any harm. The gag order is too broad, as it covers the special counsel, who is a public official, and the substance of any witness's testimony, which will almost certainly include issues that are highly relevant to the 2024 presidential campaign. The public has a right to hear speech from the defendant, especially as it affects our ability to hold fair and free elections. The First Amendment provides no license to engage in unlawful speech, including incitement, threats, or solicitation of criminal activity. However, the gag order currently in place is insufficiently justified since it has not shown a serious threat that the speech it prohibits will threaten the administration of justice. The ACLU has filed 400 legal actions against former President Trump's administration. Today, the organization calls on the court to narrow its order to prevent infringing upon the First Amendment right to free speech. Quote, no modern day president did more damage to civil liberties and civil rights than President Trump. (laughs) Okay, but if we allow his free speech rights to be abridged, we know that other unpopular voices, even ones we agree with, will also be silenced, said Anthony D. Romero, the executive director of the ACLU. As much as we disagreed with Donald Trump's policies, everyone is entitled to the same First Amendment protection against gag orders that are too broad and too vague. A district judge placed the gag order on Trump on October 16th, barring him from making public statements that, quote, target the special counsel, court staff, defense attorneys and potential witnesses and the substance of their testimony in a criminal case that accuses him of trying to overturn the 2020 election. Now, it's rare that I agree with the ACLU these days, honestly, because they've gone so far lefty nuts and they're not about. I mean, this is the same group that came out and supported a nationwide vaccine mandate. So the ACLU is full of it and they they support college speech bans. They support hate speech codes. But in this, they're right. On this, they are 100 percent right. Let's go through their main points for a moment. Let's do this. Take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll go through the main points of what the ACLU has filed in their amicus brief. I'll tell you what the latest gag order violation, the $10,000 fine against Trump, what it's about. And yeah, we have a new Speaker of the House, a conservative, Mike Johnson, elected. Everybody's excited about it. Former President Trump endorsed him last night. And let's see where we go. Let's hope that he is as uh, as inspiring by his deeds as he is by the words that he spoke today on the floor of the House, because he actually said some things today that were... (laughs) Uh, we're, we're wonderful, wonderful to hear. My conservative ears were very, very happy. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. We're coming right back.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. The Zioli Show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. Their house has a speaker. The house has a speaker. Mike Johnson from Louisiana, and um, he had a lot of things to say. He, he also has a great history of triggering Democrats, which I also like a lot because, as you know, triggering Democrats is a beautiful thing. If the media hates you and the Democrats hate you, you're probably off to a good start. Um, <laughs> I, I this this is an amazing tweet from Jimmy Matthews. There is a huge difference between a GOP MAGA election denier and a regular election denier. One tried to overthrow the results of an election via an insurrection. Trumpers, including Mike Johnson, were complicit with that on January 6, 2021. So I remember Mike Johnson actually smashing any windows of the Capitol on January 6, 2021. But maybe I'm mistaken. Um, I don't think there's any difference actually between. When Jamie Raskin tried to stop the election of George Bush, when Jamie Raskin tried to stop the election of Donald Trump, when all these other Democrats who tried to stop the certification of those Republicans who were elected, Raskin in 2004, Raskin in 2016, which would be 2005 and 2017, uh, what the hell's the difference? You stand up on the floor and you object to the election results, which members of Congress and the Senate have had, had a right to do under the Electoral Count Act. That's the same thing. They tried to stop the election from going forward. The certification of the president of the United States. I don't I didn't I didn't see Mike Johnson out there like Ray Epps telling people to go into the Capitol building. I didn't see Mike Johnson smashing windows on January 6th. I didn't see Mike Johnson wearing a, a furry hat and see any of those things. But this is again, this is the claim. This is this is where people like Jimmy, with all due respect, you're a hypocrite when you say stuff like that, because Democrats have been denying Trump's election because of Russia since 2016, since election night. And this comes back to the classic whataboutism. What, you know, why, it's okay for you guys to do it, but it's not okay for Republicans to do it. Because when Republicans do it, some people attack the Capitol building. So what? So what? I mean, that's irrelevant. Democrats deny the election. And for years, the government of the United States of America, I would argue, which is way worse, spent close to $100 million investigating Russian collusion. Wasted people's money. Wasted our time, wasted the the the, the I'm not wasted, shredded the Bill of Rights in many instances by spying on Americans, innocent Americans who did nothing wrong, like Carter Page and George Papadopoulos and others under the Russia collusion nonsense. So I, I don't know. I mean, you could fix windows in the Capitol building p- pretty cheaply, but the the the, the hundred million dollar tab from everything, the uh, the 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 hundred million dollar tab all in. 
is a lot more expensive. A lot more expensive. Wow. I'm telling you. It's a lot cheaper to repair some, some windows. A lot cheaper uh, than it is to undo what the Mueller report cost, the, uh, the investigation cost, Russia collusion, and all the nonsense. Anyway, here is um, House uh, Speaker Mike Johnson, who at the time was just a mere member of Congress. And um, it's a flashback when he was talking. And this is, again, why they hate him, because he was talking about the correlation between something I've talked about, the unholy triad many times on this show, between big tech, the corporate media and the government of the United States of America. And he was on this was with Matt Taibbi and Michael Schellenberger back in March during the House hearing on the weaponization of government, cut four. The federal government, from Democrat members of Congress to intelligence agencies, including the FBI, used Twitter and other social media companies to censor Americans' speech. If the alarm bells are not going off, then you're not paying attention. Over the past three years, documents show, they prove, what you guys have have uncovered here, there's communication between Twitter and the FBI. It was constant, it was pervasive. Twitter was basically an FBI subsidiary before Elon Musk took it over. Twitter was basically an FBI subsidiary before Elon Musk took it over. Exactly right. Good. I'm glad he's pointing that out. The what the FBI did with social media. Let's remember the Hunter Biden laptop story, for example, when the FBI had the laptop in their possession. They knew it was real. They knew what was on there was real. And the FBI set the stage for big tech to believe that a a. The Russians were coming. The Russians were coming. And a story was going to break any moment now that was going to show you that Russia was trying to collude in the election. Once again, Russia was trying to overturn the election. And then when the Hunter Biden laptop story broke, big tech had everything they needed to go out there and shut down the story. And the FBI also did other things, too, targeting American citizens for their tweets, accusing them of Russian propaganda. The Federal Bureau of Investigation acted like the Stasi in those instances by shutting down political speech, having big tech deplatform people in a variety of different ways. So excellent for him for bringing that out. Uh, Here's another flashback. This was during a Judiciary Committee hearing when he shredded Democrats for politicizing impeachment of the president at the time, Donald Trump, and weaponizing the government against him. Cut five. Members have called for removal based on a myriad of objections against this president. Representative Al Green of Texas filed a resolution in the House for impeachment after Trump called for players kneeling during the national anthem to be fired. I mean, come on. You don't like his political positions? Great, but you can't impeach a president because you don't like him. That's not how this system works. We're in a constitutional republic. There are rules here. There are standards. You don't get to make that decision. The voters in this country do. And we have an election coming up in about 11 months. Let the people decide. Don't put yourselves in their place. You don't have the right to do it. You're not following the proper procedure. You're not doing this the right way. It's a rarely used constitutional device in our history. It's supposed to be. Professor Turley ended this way, and I will too. He said, quote, despite my disagreement with many of President Trump's policies and and statements, Impeachment was never intended to be used as a midterm corrective option for a divisive or unpopular leader, unquote. Look, we get it. You don't like him. That doesn't mean you can banish him from the marketplace. You can't send him out of his businesses and say he can't hold a position of honor or trust. You don't get the right to do that. The people of this country do. We live in a republic. I'm just sick of this. I yield back. I'm sick of it, too. We're all we're all sick of it, Mr. Speaker. We're all sick of it. And I love the fact that he called it a constitutional republic and not a democracy because we don't live in a democracy. 
Thank God we don't live in a democracy. Because if we live in a democracy, the masses would, would run everything. And I had a science teacher back when I was in junior high school who once said to me, the masses are asses. And I think that that is so appropriate. And the founders believe that, too. Now, maybe they didn't spell it out that way in the Federalist Papers, but certainly they had the same mindset. And I'm sure that as they sat around taverns in Philadelphia back in the day, because, you know, back then they all drank beer. They couldn't drink the water. There was too much dysentery. So they drank beer a lot of times, which is why I tell you, Sometimes your best ideas come to you after a couple cold ones, but they did not drink Bud Light, unlike UFC. The founders, of course, drank a beer that was brewed by people like Thomas Jefferson and others. Uh, anyway, the point is that uh, they would have said after a couple of cold ones at a tavern in Philly, they would have said the same thing. The masses are asses. So let's do something. Let's create a government that will protect and guard against the masses, the mob rule, and the whims of passion, and create a constitutional republic. And that's what we have. A republic if you can keep it, as the famous line goes. Here's another flashback of the Speaker of the House, this time destroying Alejandro Mayorkas, the Secretary of Homeland Security, who in my mind should be a traveling salesman for maybe Best Buy or something like that. Or, um, But he's in no way, shape, or form should be running the part. And no offense to traveling salesmen anywhere or for Best Buy. Just the man should not be in any way, shape, or form the Secretary of Homeland Security. But here he is destroying him over the issue of the border. Illegal immigration, fentanyl, cut number six. Secretary Mayorkas, we have the frustrating responsibility on this committee of providing oversight of your agency. But I have to be honest and tell you, I'm not sure exactly what you do at the Department of Homeland Security other than great harm. On your watch, the data is pretty clear. We've had record levels of illegal immigration, a rapid decline in deportations, skyrocketing fentanyl deaths across our country. And the Secret Service, which is a DHS component, can't determine who left cocaine at the White House. He uh, also today, as speaker, brought up the issue of the border. He brought up the issue of the border and he uh, said, we got to do something about this. We need to do something about the border and fentanyl and illegal immigration. This is what he said from his speech today on the floor of the House of Representatives after he was just officially sworn in as speaker of the House. Take a listen. In all of our communities, children and even adults are dying from it. The status quo is unacceptable. Inaction is unacceptable, and we must come together and address the broken border. We have to do it. The skyrocketing cost of living is unsustainable, and Americans should not have to worry about how they're going to... And there's more from the uh, speaker, which we'll get to as the show goes on. A lot of these clips are just getting posted now, as you can imagine. I also should mention to you that there is a pro-Palestinian rally going on at Princeton University right now as, as students are chanting, Intifada, Intifada, long live the Intifada. The Intifada, as you know, were periods of terrorist attacks committed against Jews in Israel. That's going on at Princeton University. And there's a question regarding Penn. And the University of Pennsylvania and a professor there who has come under scrutiny for her comments. And in the wake of Penn and professors and students with their pro-Hamas, anti-Israel statements, the question of what should happen to her is something that is now being discussed as well. So we'll talk about that as well. 855-839-1210 is the number if you'd like to weigh in. Here is Speaker Mike Johnson today 
at a press conference announcing he won an internal vote that was, in fact, a united vote, which is fantastic, I think. Cut number three. We want to thank all the press for waiting. It's been quite a process. (laughs) Democracy is messy sometimes, but it is our system. This conference that you see, this House Republican majority, is united. I'm honored to have the support of my colleagues, and what they understand about this is this is servant leadership. We're going to serve the people of this country. We're going to restore their faith in this Congress, this institution of government. America is the last best hope of man on the earth. Abraham Lincoln said it. Ronald Reagan used to remind us all the time, and we're here to remind you of that again. We're going to restore your trust in what we do here. You're going to see a new form of government, and we are going to move this quickly. This group here is ready to govern, and we are going to govern well. We're going to do what's right by the people. And I believe the people are going to reward that next year. But we have a lot of big priorities ahead of us right now. The world is on fire. We stand with our ally, Israel. We have a very busy agenda. We have appropriations bills to get through the process, but you are going to see this group looking, working like a well-oiled machine. We owe that to the American people. The, the people up here are, have been sent here by the people of this country to do this job, and we are going to do it well. We commit that to you. Thank you for allowing us to go through the process and get to this. It was worth it, and we are going to serve you well. You know, it's funny. Last night when... The word got out that Mike Johnson was going to become the speaker. A Republican said, gather around him. The initial reaction from people in the media and social media was, oh, he's a sane Republican. They just assumed that uh, the moderates had once again won out and that the conservative had not been nominated again. So there was all this excitement and glee around this. And then within eight hours, 10 hours, it, it had gone from that to at least, well, Mike Johnson is a sane person, too. He's an election denier. He's he's the worst guy ever. He's the devil incarnate and 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 on and on it goes. So, like like I said, judge somebody by the character of the enemies that they keep as much as by the character of the friends that they keep. And I think that tells you a lot about people. I really do. Eight, five, five, eight, three, nine, twelve, ten on Twitter at Rich Zioli. And when you hear Hakeem Jeffries, election denier Hakeem Jeffries. The way he describes the high holy day of the left, January 6th, it is their high holy day. They want to celebrate it every year, of course, and remind people of it every single year. When I get back, I'm going to tell you, I'll play for you a little audio of him today as he announces the new speaker, Mike Johnson, and does a tirade about January 6th being one of the worst days in the history of the world. The high holy day of the left, January 6th. Don't go away. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. All right, so we've got uh, 20 troops injured in Iraq and Syria, according to uh, the United States of America. So the question is, where does all this go from here? We'll talk about that as well. Uh, Former President Trump came out a short time ago after he was uh, fined $10,000 for violating his uh, gag order, which is an unconstitutional violation of his First Amendment rights. And I'm very glad the American Civil Liberties Union has finally stood up and said something about that is what I've been saying to you over and over again, which is that this gag order is ridiculous and unconstitutional. This is what former President Trump said as he congratulated the Speaker of the House. Take a listen. I just want to congratulate Mike Johnson 
he will be a great speaker of the House, and we were very happy to help. I've known him for a long time. He's a tremendous leader, a tremendous man. Comes from a wonderful place, Louisiana. He is going to be. Uh, he's going to make us all proud. So at this time yesterday, nobody was thinking of Mike, and then we put out the word, and now he's the speaker of the House. So I want to just. Uh, Thank all of the supporters that I have, and I want to thank all of the supporters that Mike has. And again, he'll be a great speaker. I think you're going to be very proud of him. Thank you, everybody. Thank you very Good. I agree. I think he's going to be a great speaker as well. So far, I, I'm loving everything that I'm hearing about him. And I love the fact that he was behind Jim Jordan for speaker. He was behind Jim Jordan. He was actively out there campaigning for Jim Jordan. Uh, give me your thoughts on the speaker. 855 855-839-1210. You can also tweet me, of course, on Twitter at Rich Zioli if you'd like to weigh in. But the fact that he was out there backing Jim Jordan to be speaker is great. It's great. I love it. I think he's exactly right about the fact that uh, that Jim Jordan would have been fantastic. And Mike Johnson is a buddy of Jim Jordan's. He considers him his mentor, actually. He considers him his mentor. And he's also a guy who's not afraid to bring up God on the floor of the House of Representatives. He's a Christian, and he's not afraid to say the G word, God. And he said it today in his election as Speaker of the House of Representatives. In fact, he said something that I think, well, for a lot of people, they probably, you can just imagine them shaking their heads as he quoted scripture. Take a listen. Just to take good care of it. I want to tell all my colleagues here what I told the Republicans in that room last night. I don't believe there are any coincidences in a matter like this. I believe that Scripture, the Bible, is very clear that that God is the one that raises up those in authority. He raised up each of you, all of us. And and I believe that God has ordained and allowed each one of us to be brought here for this specific moment in this time. This is my belief. I believe that each one of us has a huge responsibility today to use the gifts that God has given us to serve the extraordinary people of this great country, and they deserve it. Good for him for saying that. Good for him for bringing up God. I think it's important to do. And it's, it's rare to hear these days because obviously the word is almost banned in the United States of America. But good for him for saying that. Here's uh, another clip. This is from a Democrat who he triggered a Democrat, Stacey Plaskin. Stacey Plaskett, a delegate. She's not even a congresswoman. Technically, she's a delegate. Uh, but she threw a document at Representative Mike Johnson. She got so triggered by something that he had to say at a House Select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of Government Committee. Got so triggered by that, she threw a document at him. Take a listen. Mr. Mr. Chairman, I have a unanimous consent request. Gentleman from Louisiana is recognized. Uh, Seek unanimous consent to enter into the record a letter dated January 12, 2021 by Louisiana Attorney General Jeff Landry, where he decries all political violence and calls for an end to that and uh, asks for respect for all political viewpoints. Without objection. Another thing we can't examine because he's not here. uh, very good. No, you can Thank examine you. it. It's a document. He's going to no enter examine him for what he wrote and the intent yeah. behind what he said. Well, I would but, just okay. I would, I would just on. point out that that's that's uh, unanimous consents are for, are for documents, and we got the document Mr. right Chairman, here that he handed to you, Mr. Chairman. I would ask unanimous consent. The chair now recognizes Ms. Mr. Wasserman's Chairman, I, for her five I have minutes. a unanimous consent. And she threw a paper. She was so triggered. Threw a paper. She was so triggered by what Representative then at the time, Mike Johnson, now Speaker Mike Johnson, had to say. She threw a paper. 
So there's uh, some things you got to know about him and things that I think that you'll like when I dig into more about him. And again, this came out of nowhere. He w- was not looking for the job, which I think says a lot. The fact that he wasn't actively looking to become Speaker of the House. I really I really mean that he, he was he's not it does not seem to be like an ambitious guy. And there's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with somebody rising up. That's really how the founders intended it, that you would just want to serve your country in various ways, build a business, mostly be, be, do something productive and then share that as a member of the legislature for a short period of time. His goal was to be a fire chief. It wasn't to be president of the United States. It wasn't to be speaker of the house. He wasn't actively campaigning for it. They came to him because they couldn't get anybody and he fit the criteria for conservatism. And that's the key. That's the key. And I think that that is something you, you got to really understand here. You got a guy now as speaker of the house of representatives who considers that Jim Jordan is his mentor. Jim Jordan is his mentor, and he was the first. He was one of the first to vote against funding for Ukraine. He's an America first guy. He's he's make America great again. He's an ally of the House Freedom Caucus. His mentor is Jim Jordan. He served as legal defense for Trump during both impeachment trials. He voted against all Ukraine spending after the initial bill. He has an F rating from Republicans for Ukraine. An F rating from Republicans for Ukraine is an A plus in my book. He objected to certifying the 2020 election fraud. He called to arrest Pelosi after she tore up the State of the Union address. That's Mike Johnson. But again, you know, you it's fine if Democrats objected to the certification of the 2020 election or 2016 election or the 20, 2004 election or the 2000 election of George Bush. That's fine. You're allowed to do that. But if you objected to the certification of Joe Biden in 2020 or 2021, you're the devil incarnate and you tried to destroy this country. All right. You tried to destroy this country. Pro-Palestinian protests are breaking out on college campuses across the country. And uh, we'll talk more about that as well. Phil Kirpin's going to join me at four o'clock today. We got a lot to chat about with him. I'll get his thoughts on the speaker. I think he's going to be pleased. He, of course, is... Um, one of the most articulate guys out there about limited government. And Dave McCormick's going to stop by. Dave McCormick is running for the United States Senate of Pennsylvania. He has the unanimous backing of Republicans in Pennsylvania for the job, which is good because that means that we won't have to have a, a bitter, vicious primary fight. He can get right to going up against the lesser Casey, Bob Casey Jr., and take down the lesser Casey, which would be fantastic. That would be great. I mean, if we can just focus on the general election and focus on on, on getting over the finish line and not have to worry about spending money in a primary. It's not a bad thing. And it's not my doing. I had nothing to do with it. I'm just saying it worked out that way. Republicans in Pennsylvania decided to rally around Dave McCormick and they're backing him and they want to see him get across the finish line as the nominee. And I imagine that he will without question. I think he will. And everybody seems to like the guy and everybody thinks that he'd be a great candidate. So good. Excellent. As Morning Joe talks more about the walls closing in for Joe, uh, for uh, Donald Trump, and he's been fined another $10,000. You got to ask yourself the question. The, the actual question here is that if, if the American Civil Liberties Union, which is a wacko lefty group these days, is coming out and saying that the gag order against Trump is unconstitutional, don't you think? Don't you think it's, it's unconstitutional? Huh? Don't you think? By the way, the Associated Press told reporters, uh, don't call Hamas terrorists. It's not precise. 
Joseph Simonson of the Washington Free Beacon reported that the Associated Press stylebook czars are telling their reporters to avoid the T word terrorism. And they're reporting because the subject is intense and terms should be more precise. These are the same geniuses that think it's precise to blur gender binary. A person's sex and gender are usually assigned at birth by parents or attendants and can turn out to be inaccurate. That's what the Associated Press says about gender. A person's sex and gender are usually assigned at birth. I don't know who does the assignment. I don't know who's, whose job it is to assign that. If there's a committee, if there's a committee vote, I don't know if they live in the womb, if they're in utero, if they're in the sky. I don't really know. But the gender assignment committee often gets it wrong because it can be assigned by parents or attendants. I, I, don't, I don't know where the attendants are. Maybe they're inside the uterus at some point. Maybe they visit. Maybe it's like the tooth fairy. They come in and they, they go in. They go, we bestow you a boy. And then they leave. Well, and they can turn out to be inaccurate. So the gender assignment committee can very often get it, get it wrong, according to the Associated Press. Their latest Israel-Hamas topical guide states the following, quote, the terms terrorism and terrorists have become politicized and often are applied inconsistently because they can be used to label such a wide range of actions and events. And because the debate around them is so intense, detailing what happened is more precise and better serves audiences. Therefore, the Associated Press is not using the terms for specific actions or groups other than in direct quotations or when attributed to authorities or others. Instead, we describe specific atrocities, massacres, bombings, assassinations, and other such actions. Now, Hamas is classified as a terrorist organization by dozens of countries, including the United States of America and the European Union. But the Associated Press prefers the word militants. Militants. AP uses this term, militant, to describe Hamas in keeping with the Webster's New World College Dictionary definition, ready and willing to fight especially vigorous or aggressive in supporting or promoting a cause. And Merriam-Webster, aggressively active as in a cause. So they don't like terms such as terrorists. They call them militants or Hamas fighters. But they say you can also call them Hamas combatants. Uh, Do not use the word Hamas soldiers or Hamas resistance other than in direct quotations. And there you go. The Times of London newspaper quotes an unnamed member of parliament who says, The BBC are losing people because they aren't behaving in a way that meets the majority of viewers' expectations of them. Not to describe Hamas's actions as a terrorist attack was pretty pathetic, and that has undermined so much of what has followed. Indeed, that's why you have college protests in favor of what happened going on at college campuses as we speak right now in our area at Princeton University. We will be right back with a big fourth and fourth, not fourth and final, but four o'clock hour on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Don't go away. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.